0: Welcome to Abolition Liberation Solidarity, a Here for the Kids production. We are an abolition movement dedicated to fighting the systems of oppression that stem from white supremacy, including gun violence, climate catastrophe, houselessness, and oppressions of all kinds. I'm Syra Rao, your host and co-founder of Here for the Kids. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Zionism with a Jewish-American woman who has done the hard work of examining her indoctrination and has become a prominent anti-Zionist voice. We'll get to that conversation in a moment, but first I need to address a certain tweet that has gone viral and that you may have seen. On December 6th, I tweeted the following. The white American woman billionaire who could end the genocide of Palestinians with one IG post is Time Person of the Year. White nonsense, white violence, white love, a black and brown genocide. This is in reference to Taylor Swift making Time Magazine's Person of the Year. As of today, as of this recording, the tweet has 7.9 million views, nearly 8 million views. Fox News, the Daily Mail, and the New York Post have written takedowns and draggings about this tweet, sort of the trifecta of fascist media. People are lambasting me in the comments, but you know what hasn't happened yet? Nobody has asked me what that one IG post from Taylor Swift might look like. It could be a whole host of things. You know, Swifties are known for their sort of blind allegiance to Taylor Swift. You know, the Swifties literally crashed Ticketmaster last year. Uh, What if Taylor Swift asked the Swifties to call their representatives to demand a ceasefire? Or even better yet, what if Taylor Swift said, let us all have a global strike? until there is a permanent ceasefire. This could likely bring the global economy to its knees. And it's not like Taylor hasn't taken a political stance before. In 2018, she tweeted in support of March for Our Lives and endorsed two Democrats in Tennessee. In 2019, she spoke out in favor of the LGBTQ community, said she was pro-choice. She's publicly criticized Donald Trump. And when she posted to her IG story encouraging people to vote, 35,000 new voters registered just from that one IG story. Yet when it comes to the genocide of Palestinians, she's silent. And hey, I want to say this. I'm going to pull this up right now. In the Daily Mail article, they basically made my point for me. I'm going to read this little piece from their story. Swift achieved a kind of nuclear fusion, shooting art and commerce together to release an energy of historic force, Time said, of why they chose her as person of the year. Time editor-in-chief Sam Jacobs defended the selection, quote, In a divided world where too many institutions are failing, Taylor Swift found a way to transcend borders and be a source of light. And here, wait for it, quote, No one else on the planet today can move so many people so well. Of course she can do that. And why do I think that so many people came for me, vast majority white folks, vast majority white women, it's If their white woman Jesus, who's Taylor Swift, doesn't have the power to end this genocide, then who are they? It enables these white women, nobodies and no names, to avoid accountability. So if Taylor Swift can't do anything, then I obviously can't do anything. That's what this is ultimately about, is avoiding accountability. And, and we see this all the time, white people pretending that they lack power And if you pretend like you lack power, then you don't have to do anything. So because if you don't have the power to do anything, then you don't have to do anything. So that's really it. That's what I have to say about that. And um, without further ado, let's move on to Amanda. With all eyes on the situation in Israel and Palestine, those of us speaking up against the genocide of Palestinians for Palestinian liberation are more often than not deemed anti-Semitic. At the end of November, the U.S. Congress nearly unanimously passed a resolution affirming the right of Israel to exist and equating any criticism of Israel with anti-Semitism. We are tied in a rhetorical knot, and I'm hoping today's guest can help us untangle it. Amanda Gellander is a Jewish-American anti-Zionist poet and writer based in the Netherlands. She's been part of the Palestinian Solidarity Movement since 2006. She recently joined one of our weekly Here for the Kids Zoom calls and led an incredible Q&A to help people better understand where Judaism and Zionism intersect and where they diverge. These weekly calls take place every Thursday. They are free and open to the public, and I encourage you to join them. Amanda's talk was very well received, and we invited her to the podcast to allow her work to reach even more of you. Her writing has appeared in Huffington Post, Business Insider, and Middle East Eye. It is my pleasure to introduce Amanda Gellander. Amanda, welcome to Abolition Liberation Solidarity. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here to talk about this today. Well, your talk with our group was just really incredible, and the amount of people who have reached out to us to just say like, it was was a sort of an earth-shattering thing. I guess if you could just kind of start like you did um, on that Zoom call from the beginning, like how did you grow up? How were you, I guess, so to speak, indoctrinated into Zionism? Sure. So uh, I'm based in the Netherlands now, but I'm from California, and I was
1: raised um, in a progressive Jewish community in a reform uh, synagogue. You know, Judaism has always been really important to me. Uh, I loved my Jewish community growing up. Uh, I was really active in it. And what I didn't understand at the time was that this type of Zionist indoctrination, this uncritical support of Israel and these narratives, these colonial narratives that the land was empty and things like that were mixed in with really ancient Judaic traditions. So as a kid, I didn't have a sense of Zionism. There was no one talking about that. It was just, well, loving Israel is part of what it means to be Jewish and Israel protects us from another Holocaust. And so for me, it wasn't until I got to college and I was doing labor organizing and a peer of mine, a Jewish peer, explain to me what was actually happening in Palestine. And at first, that was that was really, it was really surprising to me. I didn't, it, it was almost hard to take in. Because I was raised in such a seemingly progressive, now we know the phrase progressive except Palestine. What is that? Can you just briefly say that?
0: Progressive except for Palestine?
1: Sure. Progressive except Palestine is a general term that's going to refer to anybody on the left who would align themselves with most of what leftists might align themselves with, except for Palestine, because they're going to support Israel. And if you just look at the Democratic Party, (laughs) you know, over the last since Israel's inception, you'll see that there is unilateral support, that this isn't something that you even have representation for, really. I mean, now, of course, we do. We've got one amazing, you know, Palestinian congresswoman, we've got other folks backing her up. but in general, this is something that has had a stronghold across. Uh And so a lot of communities, and this is what a lot of folks I think are seeing right now is that Jewish folks, you know, Jewish folks like me who grew up in America, who have perhaps a lens on these different issues, it's not translating when it comes to this genocide in Palestine. And I think that a lot of it is rooted in the way that I I was raised, which is we are very active in a lot of these political issues. I was so lucky to be grounded in anti-racism really early and what it means to to mobilize what it means to stand up for justice, to kunalam, these Jewish traditions around the moral mandate to repair the world. And then you contrast that with what's actually happening to Palestinians and what had to happen in order to create the settler colony of Israel. Mm. That's something that is not mentioned. That's something that is completely wiped from the record in an upbringing that is Zionist. Um, and so, unfortunately, this is across the board. And it's not just in The Jewish community, I mean, now that I'm learning more about Christian Zionism, I'm hearing that this is something that is happening to a lot of us are going, wow, I didn't even know I was indoctrinated into Zionism, but I was. I was taught this colonial myth around the state of Israel and to dehumanize Palestinians, this deeply racist philosophy that Palestinian lives really, they don't count as much as an Israeli. So, yeah, I was introduced to that and I felt the mandate To become actively anti Zionist because I couldn't believe this was happening in my name and with my tax dollars. And American Jewish people specifically play a very specific role in the settler colony of Israel in upholding it and justifying it. And we're seeing that play out now with a lot of this rhetoric around twisting and weaponizing anti Semitism in order to shut down dissent, to target Black and Brown people who are standing up against this genocide. And it's shameful. And as a Jewish person, it's unbelievably insulting to use our history of suffering to use a word like anti Semitism, which should have weight when it is an actually anti Semitic thing, which is based in white supremacy. It is not Palestinians calling for their freedom. The Palestinian struggle is decolonial, it is not anti Semitic. And that is the grounding that we need to have as Americans, as Jewish people, as all people. This is a liberation struggle the fact that their occupiers are Jewish is not actually that relevant. I mean, it's it's a fact. It's baked into this. But Palestinians would fight for their freedom regardless of who their occupiers
0: are. And we need to back them. Oh, my goodness. So many incredible nuggets in there. So let's start sort of with grounding. Can you explain what when you say Zionist and Zionism, what do you mean?
1: Yeah. So if you ask a Jewish person, you know, this is <laughs> one thing I do I love about Judaism is that Jewish people have lots of ideas about what these different concepts mean. And I love that. I wish we saw more of that type of willingness to dive into this type of thing, but regardless. So Zionism is, in its current form, the belief that Jewish people should have uh, a nation state, the nation state of Israel, as a state for Jewish people. In its simplest form, that's what it means. Has it always meant that historically to every single Jewish person— No, not necessarily. But the reason why we need to be so vehemently anti-Zionist right now is because Zionism is the current ideology that is underpinning a genocide. So this is why it's so important to not get caught up in what does Zionism mean to different people? Because the reality is it has birthed a genocide. And therefore, we must be anti-Zionist just as we must be anti-fascist because that is what this philosophy is, regardless of what it ever was. Um, And so for me, that's what Zionism is. And as an anti-Zionist, I don't believe in the legitimacy of the Israeli settler colony. And I believe that uh, Palestinians deserve to live peacefully on their own land.
0: Well, I know you have been called um, anti-Semitic quite a bit. And you are Jewish. Um, Can you talk then, so that's Zionism. What then is your definition of anti-Semitism? Anti-Semitism is
1: hatred against someone just because they're Jewish. And it is rooted in a long history of European hatred towards Jews, uh, that that uh, there are so many different ways that has manifested. Of course, we know the culmination into the Holocaust, but those tropes have very deep, you know,
0: deep set European specific, you know, hatred. So what is your then opinion of the co- congressional resolution saying that being anti-Zionist equals being anti-Semitic? This resolution is
1: ridiculous and dangerous for many reasons, one of which is that as long as there has been Zionism, there has been anti-Zionist Jews. We have always been here. The idea that the U.S. government, a primarily Christian group in particular, thinks that they can legislate what an anti-Zionist is and what our philosophy is when we have a rich tradition within you know, our own Jewish history, to me, it's ludicrous. More than that, it's distraction. We know that this is distraction towards genocide. They want us talking about anti-Semitism so that we're not watching them commit genocide on our screens. This is redirection, and it is so dangerous because they are using Jewish people like me and our legacy of suffering as pawns for their own racist agendas. They're mostly targeting black and brown people, and they're trying to shut down dissent and scare people out of speaking against a genocide. The reality is when someone calls me anti-Semitic as a Jewish person, it's so ridiculous that it doesn't hit the same as when that is, is used to slander a non-Jewish person. That's the reality. Therefore, <laughs> it's so important that Jewish people speak out because that is their number one tool that they have to keep this genocide going, to say that it's anti-Semitic, to resist it. The fact that that Jewish, it, it can't hit the same for Jewish people mean they will try but it won't (laughs) means that we have even more of a moral mandate to be speaking out but i do think it's disingenuous to say even though anti-zionist saying that as an anti-zionist jew that is so that's offensive and ludicrous to me but i know that i'm not the number one person who's going to be in danger from slander or from being brought to a mccarthy-esque committee to testify this is ludicrous And it's such a weaponization of something that Jewish people fought for, which is take anti-Semitism seriously. Zionists are dragging that through the mud by using it to prop up a genocide.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're all being so gaslit, Amanda, like genocide lit. It's not even gaslit. It's genocide lit. Yeah. And it is uh, – there's no words – to describe, I think we've all, we're running out of words. I force myself to watch videos every day because we have to bear witness, right? But for the depravity that we're seeing, and now the UN just announced, I think it's like 50% of Gaza is actually starving. It's just so bad, right? But to have an actual genocide, majority children, that we are watching, and then have Congress say, that people are threatening a genocide of Jewish people when it's actually Palestinians who are being genocided. Like, what is happening? It's maddening.
1: It's unbelievable. And so many people reach out to me saying this exact thing. I feel gaslit. Why is it that, like, let's say a university, why is it that the university has hired security around Hillel, around the Jewish students, when it's Palestinians who are getting shot for wearing a cuff Let's be honest. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is such an unbelievable asymmetry that you have Jewish folks in America. A lot, a lot of these are white Jewish folks like myself claiming that they are the victims of an imaginary genocide while a real genocide is taking place in the name of Jewish people. To me, it's so unbelievable and it's confusing for people because they feel like, how could this be legitimately claimed? Am I missing something? No you're not missing something. Zionism is an illogical ideology, that is based in white supremacy, and it is meant to confuse us all and distract us all so that it can do what it wants, which is, you know, have full colonization of this land, no matter how many Palestinians have to die for Israel to do it. And for the US to have that land as a military outpost where they can do strategic resource extraction, train US police, do weapons testing, This is why the U.S. is not letting this go. They're not going to. This is a this is very
0: important to them. Okay. two things. Number one, I have been told repeatedly and a lot of people who look like me and black folks that using the terms white supremacy, colonization, ethnic cleansing and genocide in describing what's happening is anti-Semitic. How?
1: (laughs) Yes. How? Yes. No, I, I, I know what you're saying. And I don't mean to laugh because it's very serious. It's ludicrous and serious. I think that uh, Zionists and the Israeli state are going to call everything anti-Semitic to get you to stop talking about genocide. It doesn't matter. Because just the existence of Palestine threatens the settler colonial imagination. The existence. So you get anyone speaking out immediately like that is anti-Semitic. And as someone who was raised in Zionism, I was raised that if non-Jewish people are speaking about Israel, there's something anti-Semitic about that. And they just can't know. You just can't know. You can't know unless you're Jewish, unless you have this, you know, understanding of the Holocaust. That's that's what I was taught. So if you have that mindset around it, everything is a stimulus for this sort of fear to go off. And as a Jewish person, what I want is my community to understand that that needs to be transformed immediately into fuel to stop an actual genocide happening. Mm-hmm. Like, break it, break it. It's not real. It's break out of Zionism. Like, and I couldn't, I don't know how to get people to do that because I didn't do it until I did it. But break it now because people are dying right now
0: in our name. Are you seeing any kind of a shift within the Jewish community in, in this breaking? I'm seeing a Tremendous shift. I've been
1: doing this for 17 years. And it's just been, you know, I know there's a couple of us out there. Like, we know there's a couple of us, but never have I seen so many people being like, I'm anti-Zionist. Because this drew a line in the sand. It's genocide. What side are you on? So a lot of Jewish people didn't even know about anti-Zionism, Zionism, Zionism, because again, that's shielded. It's just, you love Israel if you're Jewish. (laughs) So now that this political analysis are coming in, now that a lot of Jewish people are going, wait, why is it that all the black and brown people that I respect stand with Palestine? What's missing? And it's like, yes, the power analysis supports that. Uh They see what colonialism does. And so when Zionists say it's offensive to say white supremacy, it's offensive to say all these things, they're going to say that about everything. And that's very unfortunate because that jeopardizes real anti-Semitism. but. The reality is that is currently the shield against the active genocide happening in
0: 2023. I mean, these protests that we're seeing globally, like throngs and throngs of black and brown people, right? There's been one march for Israel that they apparently had to pay people to go, and it was a sea of white people in Van Jones, literally. What, like, seriously, okay, genocide or anti genocide, are you with? Black and brown, you know, it, everyone was like, oh, follow black and brown women until this. It's back to the progressive, except for Palestine. And I have to tell you, Amanda, this has been one gigantic mindfuck for me because we have this huge book out right now and we've been on a book tour and we have a movie out called Deconstructing Karen and we have so many hundreds of thousands of white women who, you know, read our book, watch the movie, whatever. And suddenly, Regina, my partner and I, have, who's black, she and I have gone from being like their deity to now we're the devil. And, and we're, we've been like, why would you be confused? Like, why are you surprised that we're on the side of brown people being genocided? Like, I, I, it's, why is this a surprise?
1: Exactly. That's exactly right. We're seeing this split happen across. I, I feel like there's a split. Everybody I know has this thing where, wow, my life is split in two. There are friends I no longer talk to. There are colleagues that I thought were much different people than they are. There's family members that like we're not talking anymore. So this is, I know how the split is happening in the Jewish community, but I hear it happening in these ripples across everybody. But the reality is what, in what you were talking about regarding the rallies and how Palestine protests, I mean, I've been going to them and they're just like so life affirming. People from all over, kids, like people who are. Are breaking, grieving, raging for Palestine. And then you look at the Israel rallies, and it's like a sea of enfranchised white people. And when I've talked about this, a lot of those white Jewish folks will say, How dare you? We're Jewish. We're not white. When I am literally a white Jewish person, there's no race analysis here. There's no, it doesn't no, there, <laughs> there there isn't. But the split in the Jewish community is Zionism is a white supremacist project because that's how settler colonialism functions. Mm -hmm. So if you're siding with Zionism, you're siding with U.S. empire and with settler colonialism, that is okay killing brown people for their military project. Anti-Zionist Jews are saying there is no protection in a settler colony that commits genocide. Our protection has to be in global solidarity Uh with oppressed people of the world. There's nothing else to rely on besides that. We're all fighting white supremacy and that's not even a conversation that so much of the establishment is ready for.
0: Okay, so tell me why Israel is so important to America. Like we are we are watching. I mean, back to the gaslighting, right? I called my senators again this morning. Like the woman who answered the phone for both of them couldn't be any less interested in what I had to say. And I said, you know, I know you all are getting tons of these calls, and it's really starting to feel like the message is not coming across. This is anti-majoritarian. This is authoritarianism. Joe Biden is effectively a dictator. Like, the U.S. voting no, you know, for the ceasefire resolution and us being the only ones voting no – we're sending more money. We're secretly sending weapons, right? We just, Washington Post just broke a story that white phosphorus b- uh, by the US was used in, in Southern Lebanon. And so the question is, why is it that Israel is is so important that America is showing its entire ass to the world just for the sake of Israel? What's up? Israel is such a key player in the US empire.
1: Israel is I mean, you can see how important it is. It's everything. There's that video that circulates of of Joe Biden from years back saying, if there wasn't an Israel, we'd have to create one. That is how important it is. And it's a web of imperialist interests, which includes military, economic, and a host of other interests. We've got so much business there. War empire there. Palestine is a place for weapons testing. New weapons, you'll hear this from Palestinians on the ground right now. They're looking at the impact of these weapons and saying these are new. But Palestinians have always kept saying they keep using new weapons on us. That's why you have actions saying shut down the weapons factories. Because you need to cut off the supply of weapons. The US and Israel alliance goes back and forth in so many ways because colonizer sees colonizer. Like Israel will do the US's dirty work. Anytime, you know, the U.S. wants to keep its hands clean, they'll have Israel do something. You look at the imperialist record of, you know, the U.S. and Israel, there are so many ways that this is a necessary military outpost for both military and strategic uh, resource extraction, like gas in Gaza. So, that's why. And Britain's right along there, too. You know, I'm not going to forget Britain. Like, I speak about the U.S. I speak about Israel because I'm an American Jew, but I will not let Britain off the hook. And and I live in the Netherlands. The Netherlands is complicit, too. There is a case right now about, like, Netherlands sending weapons over to to support this genocide and that breaking, you know, human rights you know, protocols because all of the Western alliance conspires to let this genocide happen.
0: Do you think it's fair to say Israel and America are essentially the same at this point? Because it's sort of amazing. We have a congressional resolution saying that Americans can't say anything, essentially say anything bad about Israel, right? But we're still free to say bad things about America? Like it's, we're being, it's, it's McCarthyism, right? On steroids and genocide, but we're being asked to pledge of allegiance to another country. Like it's are people even thinking like we're not even asked to be to, to be loyal to America. We're being asked to be loyal to Israel. Yeah. And you
1: see it also with how uh the US and other countries are proudly sending their soldiers to go fight for Israel as if it's an extension. And so in, in that's how I see it. I see Israel as an extension of the US. Mm. Their relationship is so, so tied together that they move as one. But in terms of like Netanyahu specifically and what he's doing. I mean, the stories you read coming out about Netanyahu are wild. I mean, but Netanyahu is just the current leader of what is a 75-year settler colony. So the reality is like, as Israel has shifted over time, one thing has remained, and that it is a gem for Western powers and business leaders who do not care about the death of Palestinians, but care about profit uh, and global dominance. What's going to end it, Amanda? Palestine will be free. I don't know how Palestine is going to be free, but Palestine is going to be free. And Palestinians have never given up on being free. So I'm not going to give up. Do I know how? No. But more of us are waking up every day to this reality. And those of us who see what's going on are never going to let this go. Ever. The world has changed. Everybody sees it. There is no going back. So... I don't know exactly how it'll play out, but I know that those of us who have seen Bisan and Motaz and all of these journalists and all of these doctors and all these people who are Mm. dying—these poets, Rafat, murdered by the state, Mm -hmm. murdered like a a bombing—specifically him and his family, just that unit. They think they
0: can wipe out Palestine. They will never wipe out Palestine. They won't. They cannot. Yeah, you know. I have to say it really is interesting because people are back to like, why are all the, all the Asians are pro-Palestine? All the Africans are pro-Palestine. Like, why? It's because we see ourselves in Palestinians. We are Palestinians. Palestinians are us. You know, it wasn't long ago. Partition of India happened in, ni- in, in 1947 and Israel was formed in 1948. This is not rocket science, you know, and this is like the end of the American empire. This is the end of white colonization, colonialism, right? But then the question is, how many more people have to suffer? How many more people have to die every day that this goes on? Like, we could stop this.
1: I agree. Every day this could end. Every day Joe Biden could end this, specifically. Every single day. And what you said is really what breaks me, too, because every Palestinian deserves to live in a free Palestine. And it's unbelievable that US made weapons are murdering Palestinians every day and denying them that right. Because Palestine will be free, but it should be free with each of them. No more Palestinians should have to die for this to end.
0: This is unbelievable. I agree with you. Palestine will be free. What does that look like to you? And who gets to decide that? Like what it's going to look like?
1: Palestinians- get to decide what sovereignty over their land looks like. Just like on Turtle Island, just like any other indigenous people, Land Back is a global movement and Palestinians are part of Land Back. You know, you look at like Te Land Trust and all these, you know, ways in which indigenous people are rematriating the land. Palestinians deserve their land back. They deserve sovereignty over their land. And that has nothing to do with me or any other Jewish person, you know, to decide what happens. It's our job to fight until that they can
0: have that which they deserve, living peacefully on their homeland. Can you walk me through a little bit? You touched on this at the beginning about your awakening. Can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe give folks some advice on how to navigate it? Because I know it has not been easy for you. And again, I, I we are watching how targeted you are. We're watching how so many brave Jewish folks like yourself are being targeted as well. So tell us how you kind of broke out of it and any advice. Yeah,
1: so I'm thinking back 17 years ago to when it first really broke for me. It's a devastating thing to feel rejected from a community that is so important to you. For me, I was very alienated from the Jewish community after that point, because there is no space in the Jewish community right now for any active anti-Zionist dissent because they are all Zionist by default. So unless an organization states that they're specifically anti-Zionist, they generally are Zionist. It's a devastating thing. And I hear this a lot from Jewish people right now who are coming into their awakening on anti-Zionism and feeling like relatives, community members, things are breaking away from them. And it's so hard. And disentangling Zionist indoctrination from Judaism is also hard for Jewish people. I'm hearing people say, like, I want to celebrate, but what does it even mean to me anymore? Like, what is this? And that is a process that every Jewish person has to go through who comes into the understanding of what Zionism is. And then rooting it out of Judaic practice, that takes years. But I did that largely alone. And I don't think that Jews moving forward will have to do that alone because there's Mm -hmm. so many anti zionist Jews coming out of the woodwork. And the other thing that I'll say about this is let the movement catch you. Some people may fall away. But if you release yourself into the movement, there is so much love in the Mm -hmm. Palestinian movement. And there's so much support. And there's so much just community. Let that be your community. It's okay. Like the world has split in two and the side that sees justice and
0: liberation is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people. Let those be your people. Let the movement catch you. God, what a beautiful thing to say. Let the movement catch you. That's right. And this does feel sort of unlike anything else that I've ever been a part of. I don't feel lonely. I don't think any of us feel lonely. I think we feel like devastated, but this is the least lonely I've ever felt. And it's so clarifying. I mean, I have former friends who have been silent, right, who are no longer friends or friends who have gone full-blown Zionist, no longer friends. And I'm not sad about it, Amanda, It's just like it's so clear. These are people who I've had in my life in some cases for decades, and I'm like, ooh, I don't like. Good to know that you are pro genocide because that is like that is a deal breaker. That is dispositive. You know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's such a revealing moment. And as someone who has seen a trajectory of how people can shift, some people will come along later. They will. And maybe that's naively optimistic. I mean, no Palestinian should have to die waiting for a Zionist to not be a Zionist. But as someone who was indoctrinated into it and then wasn't anymore, I have to have the humility to hope that other people are going to come along too, which is why I have such an undying love for the Jewish people, because I am so rooted in my Judaism. I love my Judaism. And I want my people to lay down this violent nationalism. Lay it down. It won't save you. It won't protect you. It's killing Palestinians. And this is what I want. you know. And this is why, for me, Zionism and Judaism, it doesn't even make sense to have a conversation about equating them. We were indoctrinated into an ideology that we can drop. Let's drop it. It's not who we are. That's not who we are as Jewish people. It doesn't have to be. That is what keeps me going, is knowing that I switched and I don't think I'm better than anyone. I want everyone to come to the anti-Zionist side. Yesterday, immediately.
0: (laughs) And the youth, my goodness. I mean, overwhelmingly, like, (laughs) that's what I'm so curious about. I'm like, what's the plan here, America? Like, basically, the numbers are staggering. It's like at 80 something percent, I don't know what the percentage is of Americans under the age of like 35 or something, or super pro Palestine, like this is not going to end well, if America doesn't, you know, it's not going to end well for Americans. And so, Wondering what you think, because I'm having dreams that Joe Biden and Rishi Sunak and all these fuckers will be actually prosecuted with war crimes, Benjamin Netanyahu. Do you think that's actually going to happen? Honestly, I have no idea.
1: I think this has laid bare so many things, including what a joke international law is. Okay. Because if the U.S. can veto <laughs> anything, anything, how is that international law, how is it's not? It's U.S.- dominance. That's it. So I think that what this genocide is unraveling is if anybody has not been paying attention, you know, a lot of us have been, but if, if you haven't, about how this system is designed to work, there's no flaws in this system. The system is US dominance, you know, UK dominant, Westerns, imperial dominance. The system is working exactly how they want it to. There's yep. a lot of happy, rich, white people right now. A lot that are looking at this and counting dollars because this is an industry. Genocide makes all people a lot of money. How quickly will we all stand up for Palestine? Yeah. How many numbers? With how much force will we get out and do mass nonviolent action for Palestine and really cut off at the source when it comes to things like weapons? I just think that Americans really need to understand that these weapons that are killing Palestinians are often made in the United States and shipped from the United States to kill Palestinians. This is not a hypothetical link. This is very material.
0: Yeah. So uh, in the end, I think maybe that's, that's it. It's like uh, hopefully this global strike will be wildly successful, but money that's it, is is stop giving these companies our money. We have to throw ourselves into the gears of this system. The system
1: does not serve us. The system serves a very small group of people. Yep. And they will have a death grip on power. They will not release power. If we've learned, <laughs> if anyone's been looking at what's been happening these last two months, they're not going to release this power. But there's more of us. There is.
0: There is. All right, Amanda, any parting words? Uh Free Palestine, listen
1: to Palestinians and believe Palestinians. Um, There are so many incredible Palestinians, both in Gaza and in the Palestinian diaspora, that are sharing what is going on and specifically their political analysis on what's going on. Electronic Intifada is a fantastic resource for folks who want independent journalism and specifically uh, reporters who are sharing their stories from Gaza. That's who we need to be focusing on, listening to, and amplifying. And for the rest of us, we need to just join in solidarity. Because this is
0: going to be a long fight, but it's an important fight. And we all have a role in it. Gosh, thank you so much. And I loved what you said is let the movement catch you. It's beautiful. Amanda Gallander is a poet and writer. She tweets at a Gelander. For more information on how you can get involved, please visit our website hereforthekids.com. There you can learn more about our mission, make a donation to help support our work, and buy our Here for the Kids merchandise. You can also follow us on social media at Here for the Kids Action on Instagram. Please share our posts and tell your friends. Our podcast and newsletter are both hosted through Substack. Sign up for our Substack to get our latest newsletter issues plus alerts for every new podcast episode. Visit hereforthekids.substack.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you didn't like it, please don't do that. Leaving a quick five-star rating helps new folks discover us, so please take a moment to do that. Subscribe to the show and your favorite podcast player to get alerted to new episodes and share the show with your friends, your family or co-workers. Abolition Liberation Solidarity is a Here for the Kids production. Our producer and editor is Heath Rossella. I'm Cyra Rao, co-founder of Here for the Kids and your host and executive producer. We will have new episodes every two weeks. Please join us again soon.